Hey everybody, Chad from the Jumpman Podcast uh, coming at you with a special, I don't know what, what to call this segment quite yet, but I'm going to be chatting with my good friend and fellow maniac, Casper Fan Rasmussen. How you doing today? Hello. Hello. Oh, are you still there? Yeah, I'm there. Oh, okay. Man, sometimes uh, my connection fuzzes out and you sound like a robot. Um, oh, I'm a robot from Denmark. Hello. <laughs> So, Casper, how are you doing today? And, of course, we're going to be talking about uh, our top ten favorite movies. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm doing fine. I'm absolutely perfect. Wow. Having a nice uh, <laughs> Sunday. Absolutely perfect. I want every day to be like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wake up. Ah, I can breathe. Oh, my back doesn't feel like horribleness. Ah, yes, you know, uh, a shower where it, where it isn't absolutely cold and then absolutely on fire for, like, the first five minutes. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely perfect. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get right into it. So, Casper, uh, um, for the last, I don't know how many years, you, uh, we've been kind of chatting on our Facebook wall, uh, just like on our, on the, like, uh, about, like, random stuff. I know you've applied to a couple different contests, and you must have won a couple different things from us. Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, the T-shirt and uh, the uh, the new Cora. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So a bit uh, sometimes, yeah. So you're into you're into both animation and uh, like live action films. Do you consider yourself like a, a a movie buff, a movie geek? Yeah, big time movie buff. I worked in the cinema for twelve years before I moved over to the Copenhagen area. Wow, what uh, what type of work? I was an uh, operator uh, showing the movies and also a ticketer. Wow, cool. So you were an old-timey projectionist. Yeah, before it went digital. Okay, right. Because then when it's digital, you just load it up once and then uh, it'll like the system automatically switches the reels and everything? Yeah, you press like five buttons and then just uh, lean back. <laughs> and snooze. But... And but but when, when you worked, were you like the uh, the kind of Fight Club, Tyler Durden projectionist where you physically have to switch the uh, the reels over? Uh, well, in the really big movies, yeah. And uh, splice on, you know, the bit of porn so no one sees. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but is it is it true? I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know that much about projection. Uh, but but in, in the movie, they kind of explain that the little like boop. Uh, little, like, there's a little circle in the corner and you have like 10 seconds to switch over to the next reel when that happens is that true? Uh, well in some movies yeah uh, newer movie it was just uh, you knew just when to uh, stop it and then there was a break but as technology moved on you didn't need um, two reels anymore it was just one big reel mm -hmm. and it was just the splicing uh, needed to a lot more work before right. you could show the movie so, so the uh, movie reels became bigger and bigger, and in in time it got smaller. Right, and you know, I'm I I help to uh, I I help in a small part to a big film festival in in Brooklyn each year called Puppets on Film, and yeah. this, and the last uh, the last year this last fall they had like I forget what exactly it's called, but it's basically like instead of handing um, like a big reel or anything, they just give you like a USB stick with the film on it. And you plug yeah. it into your system. I mean, yeah. we're living in the future. 
Yeah, nowadays you get uh, the same thing for commercials, but uh, this, the movie is just sent over uh, the, the net from, so it couldn't be easier. Awesome. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you miss being a projectionist because uh, because all the free movies you get to see? Oh, big time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still get to watch a lot of movies on um, download uh, for free, but that's, an, that's something else. <laughs> It's always uh, looking back, missing going to the cinema every week. Sure. Uh, uh, since I've been over, we've been what twice in a year. Wow. So that's, yeah, that's a big difference. So I miss my living on the island. Right. So, um, uh, before before I before we get into our top ten movies, and it's going to be uh, ev- of every genre, I guess. Um, yeah. What kind of releases? Do you typically get over in uh, in Denmark? Do you get ev- in terms of movie theaters? Do you get everything? Do you get like a mix of like local indie films and also like the big blockbusters, or is it just like all Hollywood films? Well, it's a big mix, of course, even the Danish ones, but uh, it's indie and block- big blockbuster, and, or sometimes even early releases. And uh, a week we got uh, the New Adventures. We got that a week before the U.S. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I, uh, the the reviews I saw was uh, a week after from the US, and was like, <laughs> well, it's been a week already. I've been. <laughs> I know, and I, a, fr- a friend of mine lives in New Zealand, and he's like, "Well, I'm off to go see the Avengers," and since it was the same <laughs> thing, one week early. I'm like, "God, I got to stay off the internet for a week." Yeah, we were really lucky, but with Marvel movies, that's often a week before. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Well, let's get into it. So, um, when, when I when I asked you uh, over Facebook, like, "Hey, what should we talk about?" You immediately said, "Top ten movies." Well, I have the the list prepared for a long time now, so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fitting. I keep it on, see if I still can find the list, and I did. Wow! So you have it like rolled up on a piece of paper, like next to your heart, maybe on my mobiles. <laughs> <laughs> I have it on the Google Drive, so it was just, well, no problem finding it again. Gotcha. Now, I, 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 uh, I watch less movies than my brother Eric. You know, mm. he he is like you know he's pretty pretty open about how he sneaks out of work to go see a movie every single summer, which I just think is crazy. <laughs> uh, but but I I, I piece together my list too, and so yeah. uh, how how do you want to do it? Do you, do you want to do you have an order to your list, or is it just like a general list? Uh, well, I'm going from ten to one. Okay. Uh, I have some honorable mentions, and some of the movies are even uh, put together mm. because it's from an actor standpoint, top uh, from his uh, collected uh, top three movies. Okay. In two of them. All right. But yeah, let's let's just get down to business. If if you if you wouldn't mind sharing your your top ten list, and then I'll. I'll give you mine, which will pair in comparison because I, I really had to like scrape together like, oh god, what are my, <laughs> what are my favorites? Yeah, of course, <laughs> it takes a while. Mm-hmm. Well, some honorable mention, of course, we can't uh, <laughs> make a list without uh, Twilight and Shia LaBeouf. Oh god, <laughs> that will never <laughs> in any of my lists <laughs> for this. <laughs> but an honorable mention uh, for Steven Seagal. Yay! His uh, early uh, movies that I was a big fan of. Oh yeah, skinny Seagal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, get off, get off my train. I love those movies. Yeah, that was that was a good time. 
<laughs> a lot of reds of them. Awesome. But let's start off with number 10. Number 10. And that is What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Really? Yeah, and the early works of Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah. Cool. What did you what did you like about it? Well, it's so extremely emotional and I have uh, some early memories of seeing it. Mm. And I have a fond, um, fondness for movies with uh, up upcoming uh, actors before they were famous. Mm. And they have, they, this has two of the now biggest movie stars sure. in it. Leonardo DiCaprio and, of course, from the Caribbean, Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah. You know, um, I'm pretty sure I saw, like, at two in the morning one night, I saw Leo DiCaprio when he was, like, six in the end of Critters 3. Yeah, that could be true. Him and uh, Elijah Wood. It's like every once in a while you'd be like, hey, isn't that Elijah Wood as a kid? Yeah. Doing some bit part? Uh, the only problem with the movie is if you've seen him in that movie, so you always, always see him like that. He's like a... Not to say a retard, but a special need kid. Sure. Yeah, but it's a great performance all the way. That's good. Did he? Did he go? Did he go full on? Oh, so full on. All right. He committed. Well, that's impressive. All the way. All right. Well, on to your top ten. Oh wait, wait. Um. Well, you want me to take all my list and then we go for your. You know what? I'll I'll, I'll pick an order for mine. <laughs> and then we'll go back and forth. How's that? Yeah, okay. Because uh, I really just threw mine... Th I, I put mine together and I was like, I don't really have like a number one movie of all time, but I'll just give you what I think may might be number ten. Okay, sure. Okay. I'll say I'll say number ten would be uh, the Sabata trilogy. So, what? Sabata. Uh, S-A-B-A-T-A. -S Sabata. Okay. It's, uh, it's the spaghetti western trilogy yeah. made yeah made by and uh oh god the the name escapes me although you know i'm just gonna google it while we're just while i'm just sitting here sure but it's awesome it's it was the first movie i ever saw like it's just called sabata uh mm -hmm. that was an action comedy that yeah. didn't take itself seriously and there were so many explosions like the kill count for its time, which was uh, 1969, was insane. Yep. You know, uh, the, the main character is played by the immortal Lee Van Cleef. Oh, who, yeah, I know. Who's in a ton of westerns and spaghetti westerns. Spaghetti westerns are like, uh, are like uh, movies shot in the deserts of Italy, but supposed, supposedly set in the American West. Yeah, that fall into the spaghetti western, because yeah. it was Italy and American put yeah. together. Yeah, it's it's directed by, directed by uh, what's, what's his name Gianfranco Parolini. Oh uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And it's it just those those three films are just I could watch uh, all the movies on my top ten I could watch at any time because I just love the characters and the first movie Sapata, there's like a rival for uh, Sapata comes into town and he's the baddest man he can shot he can shoot a dude off his horse from five hundred feet away. <laughs> he could he could do anything. He cannot die, uh, but his rival character is this jerk with a banjo, <laughs> and he's just like hanging out, talking about how Zapata owes him money, uh, 
and uh, and spoiler, just just spoiler, how how ridiculous it is. The banjo doubles as a shotgun, so he has a banjo shotgun. Oh, that's perfect. It's amazing, and everybody should watch it. Uh, so need... that's that's my that's my number ten. Hey, I have to put that up on the page. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll do. my number nine. Number nine. Uh, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger's in Commando. Oh man, Jenny and me time. <laughs> so over the top. Me and my brother love seeing it. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. So over the top and crazy and brilliant. Some of his finest uh, action movie works. <laughs> I, I, it's one of my one of my father's favorite movies, especially be, just because of the scene at the end where he kills uh, maybe a hundred people in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Expect- before internet like youtube kill counts were a thing it was my dad's unofficial kill counts yeah like he, he he loves just like counting the number of people that just bought it buy it yeah now it's just a common thing and uh, you can find it all, all over the internet now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well i'll follow i'll follow up that with um number nine for me is the movie predator oh, of course yeah get susan chopper I can't do the job. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good, but it it really holds. Uh, it really holds up. Yeah, uh, when you're thinking of the sex they used um, so many years ago, it's it's uh, especially the oppression. Uh, um, uh, unbelievable. It still holds up even in the graphic department. Yeah, and you know, it was one of those movies where uh, they. Uh, if if you haven't seen the the behind the scenes documentary done uh, of it, it's you really should do yourself a favor and, and go see it because just some of the things that they did like like they originally cast Jean Claude Van Damme before anybody knew who he was as the uh, predator and uh, and it was like a totally different design for the alien suit and uh, you know they shot one day and then showed the I want to say the executive producer the money people like the dailies and they were like. Look, you gotta you gotta let us work and work on this and, and do it better. And it was a lot of like going back and reshooting and reshooting until they got like the stuff that they that, that would eventually come into the film. And it was just genius the way that they would like go and shoot something and then take some time off and then come back. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that had ever really been done on like a studio schedule before. No. Anyway, it's just it and it's a funny, silly, hilarious movie. <laughs> All those good things too. Yeah, brilliant movie also. Mm. Well, for my number eight, there comes my first mention of an actor and his greatest uh, Danish movies. Okay. The only Danish movies that I will mention in this, and this is from the actor Mads Mikkelsen from uh, Hannibal. Mm-hmm. And he makes uh, such classic Danish movies as Flickering Lights, mm. The Butcher, and Adam's Apples. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, and those are the most dark humor movies you will ever find. It's so <laughs> it's brilliant. Cool. Uh, I can mention a film like The Green Butchers. is mm-hmm. about um, him and his brother having, uh, him and his friend having uh, a butcher shop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, almost going under. But uh, for some reason, uh, his his uh, partner uh, invents some kind of uh, sauce um, that becomes a big hit. 
Mm. Uh, but they don't know that this is part of the source. They think it's because they're beginning to sell human, uh, human uh, right. meat instead. And then comedy occurs. <laughs> Good. It's not the way possible. Yay. That sounds so, fun. That's, that sounds like a tale eternally retold, but done in a silly way. Yeah, totally. Cool. And, and Denmark is especially known for the very dark humor. Really? So there's prime examples of the dark humor movies he did before um, moving uh, to American movies and TV series. Cool. I did, I did not know that about the Danish people. Very dark humor. Where, where do you think that comes from? Uh well yeah that's a good question it's just uh, <laughs> uh being uh, so small and minority it was just uh, in the dark ages uh, just things stuck with us mm -hmm. okay cool well I'll give you my uh, this is number seven Where, no, uh, number eight 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 all right I will I will follow up let's see do I have any dark any dark uh, dark comedies on here no. <laughs> so I'll I'll just say um, I'll say uh, Hotel Transylvania for my number eight because it's a comedy. Mm. It's directed by Gen by Jendi Tartakovsky, who's yeah. one of my favorite directors. You know he went from doing uh, cartoons like Cartoon Network, like Dexter's Lab, and uh, yeah. Samurai Jack to doing full-on feature films, and it's it totally shows all over Hotel Transylvania. He's such a visual comedic genius. Yeah, I was going to see that in the movie theaters and I was like, I don't know, but I, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Really mm -hmm. good movie. Yeah, right, and it's, it, it totally came in under the under the radar, I think, and uh, they were talking in the talks to make a sequel, but apparently the production company, uh, apparently Adam Sandler's people were such dicks to the production company that they called it quits. Yeah. Which is sad. Uh, he had his school moments, but it's not anymore. Yeah. I just feel like if somebody approaches you and it's like, hey, everybody really liked that character you did, uh, where all you had to do was like go into a booth and like record for like a couple days, can you please do it again? We'll pay you a bunch of money. You, 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 you say yes. Yeah, of course you say yes. You know what I mean? But yeah, just some guys. Yeah, who knows? Okay, that was my number eight. Well, moving on to number seven. Number seven. Uh, some uh, some of my biggest heroes from my childhood, and <laughs> still watch the new uh, iterations of them. Mm -hmm. The Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, so which which one? Because there are many. The first one, live uh, action. Ah, uh, yes, very good, very good. Yeah. yeah. I always liked the Kawabunga. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no. Now, nowadays it's Booyakasha. Booyakasha. Yeah, uh, no, cla uh, classic movie. Yeah, it's such great memories. On the uh, uh, oh, but the new generations are also good. They still keeps up the for the new generation. So mm -hmm. that's. I, I want to say on a on a technical note, um, I I keep hearing these little clicks happening over on your uh, on your side. Oh. Now, like every once in a while, they'd be like this click, and you'll your volume will decrease a little bit. Oh, weird. Yeah. Oh, let's so. see if I can do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, that's that. 
yeah, that film is definitely awesome. It's a film where the director definitely like knew what he was doing. They didn't. Mm. They don't show the turtles for like the first five minutes. They just establish New York City, establish how gritty it is. They even show you like uh, like a hand here, a shadow there, and they're just building up your anticipation, building it up, building it up, building it up, and then finally, when they show you the turtles, it's awesome. Yeah. And then started as an indie movie too. That's the most amazing thing. Yeah, it was the, it was uh, the most the highest grossing indie movie of all time. Yeah. yeah. And and can even come near comparing to Michael Bay's version. Well, that's like apples and oranges. You know what I mean. But I'm still hoping for what the second could maybe be. <laughs> We'll see. Yeah, I, I saw that too. I saw a little picture of uh, Shredder and Bebop and Rocksteady on set. Yeah. You know, and you know, it's it's like this. I feel like it's the same with the last Michael Bay movies. Even though he's just a producer on on these turtle movies, uh, like the same the same thing happened with the last one. They're like, hey, guess what, guys? You know, they're in pre production. They're like, yo, we got the original voice of Megatron back, yeah. and all the fans are like, oh my god. And then when it comes, yeah, when it co- when it comes out, you're like, oh, it's the same as the first one. All right. Oh. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's so Michael Bay. It's yeah, it grips Michael Bay all the way. Well, I'll I'll follow up with a movie that came out not that year, but pretty close to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Labyrinth. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. It's like it's like the Muppets meets David Bowie meets uh, this crazy fantasy world, and I love it. I, I I I watched it recently. I was like, all right, it still holds up. It's still a really solid movie, and it's it's a fantasy movie about fantasy. You know, like it, it's not just like like there's like a few layers happening where it's like it's a movie that's set in a fantasy world, but it's also about the power of fiction and and the power of fantasy to escape from the real world. And it also has David Bowie's ginormous package <laughs> poking out of those tights at every uh, every minute that he can, yeah. and and just the songs the songs are just like lighthearted and fun, and I just thought it was like like you know like uh, like a perfect lighthearted movie. Yeah, it was one of the first movies I saw in the cinema when I moved uh, back to Denmark after wow. living in uh, Sweden. Mm-hmm. Sometime uh, Oland Zoo, I know it's called, but still, and it was a big impression from mm. early Cool. I think I'm going to go watch it again after this. I hope so. Well, I got to check out those dark comedies too. Danish dark comedies. Who knew? Recommend. <laughs> well, well, going forward to number six. Number six. Six, six, six. Uh, it's. <laughs> Uh, one of my brother's favorite movies, uh, mm-hmm. Forrest Gump. Wait, what was it? Forrest Gump. Oh, Forrest Gump. Yeah, run, Forrest, run. Ah, uh, yes. Can I, yeah. can I can I confess something to you, Casper? Of course. I've actually, uh, I've only really seen clips. <laughs> really? <laughs> I've never actually seen uh, all of Forrest Gump, sorry. Well, yeah. It's not for everyone. Well, it's, it's very iconic, though. I mean, it's very quotable. You know, and they use clips from that movie, uh, like on 
parodies and just in commercials and memes for years and years. Yeah, well, it's very loose on real history, but it still takes a lot of um, history, real history moments and puts it into one movie. And it's just, just works in uh, a lot of levels. And also I have a big uh, thing for uh, narrated movies and TV series, so it's just perfect for me. A lot of history and uh, some goofiness and narration, I'm, I'm sold. Tom Hanks. Oh, just Tom... Tom Hanks, you know, he can do no wrong. Yeah. It's just brilliant. Now, what is what is happening on your end? Are you uh, are you whacking the table? I'm moving my fingers and it's being clapped on the computer. I'm just going to put my hands away <laughs> behind my my head and not move at all. There you go. It's no problem anymore. It's just my fingers. Gotcha. I, I think every time that the that your microphone sends one of those big dungs uh, yeah, with, with your fingers, it would compensate and your voice would get lower. Yeah, I think that's why. Okay. I have a conversation tool on it, so I think it's that. <laughs> well, let me see. Let me let me see. Let, let's see if I have any movies on my list that are about one singular character. Oh yeah, and this sort of came out at the same time. Uh, Blade. Oh, Blade. Yeah. Wesley Snipes is Blade, the comic book movie you didn't know was a comic book movie, and uh, actually it was one of like the best action. It's not even like it's not quite quite an action comedy, but there's so much funny in there. Yeah, it's just great. Well, it's one of the first real comic book uh, movies that you could say moved the 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 movies uh, forward mm-hmm. and made them for the c- cinema experience you see today in Marvel, especially. Totally, you know. I- when when uh when everybody saw this movie it was just like wow that was great you know they turned it into a franchise which you know to its detriment because uh, each one got worse and worse but you know it, it made a lot of money it put Wesley Snipes back on the map for a time and uh, it showed that you can take you can kind of like <laughs> uh, dig into Marvel's uh, back catalog and find something that you like and uh, and make a great film. Well, I still um, liked the. The second one, but the third one really went downhill. Yeah. But yeah, big love to Blade. I like, you know, uh, there were parts of the second one that I was really into. I really liked the new vampire look, you know, the the predator mandibles, mm-hmm. and the fact that there's like a Blade task force that he has to team up with. You know, I I thought that was awesome. But then at the same time, it's kind of a paint by numbers slasher flick where you're like, all right, well. Everybody in the Blade Task Force is just there to die, basically. <laughs> and I got, I got really pulled out when I saw some of the graphics and fight scenes early on when he was just uh, put in uh, computer-wise. And he uh. got really small and fit, and you can see the graphic just uh, screaming. Uh-huh. It was terrible to see. But yeah. That was, that was an odd time, man. From like, from like 2000, no, let's say ni- 1995 to like... 2005 like CG was still like they they're I mean they're still perfecting it but like it really takes you back when you watch some CG uh, computer graphics in those movies at that time and be like oh guys this doesn't look good yeah we'll have some exemptions like uh, the mask of course but still mm-hmm. a lot of um, things that they needed to perfect sure I mean I think the the mask looked great because it was all cartoony you know, like yeah. most most of the effects 
uh, mixed with practical effects, and it, it was just meant to look like silly. Yeah, and it wasn't serious. And it helped it a lot, but I still think pr practical effects makes a big deal. Even for I heard the Mad Max uh, did especially well with using a lot of practical effects still, and only using like four uh, big uh, graphic, beautiful graphic points in the movie. So I'm looking forward to seeing that one. I still, yeah, <laughs> I, I still haven't seen it, but a lot of times I just don't have time to break away from from my family because I got two little little boys to go yeah, to the theater and shell out twenty bucks. So I'll wait. That's I'll wait for the Blu-ray release. Understandable. Mm -hmm. Well, moving on. Mm. Number five. Number five. And this is going to be the second and final uh, actor uh, number, and this mm -hmm. is going to go to Nicholas Cage. Yeah, my man, Nicholas Bird Hair Cage. <laughs> Not the bees. <laughs> well, I couldn't decide on what movie I wanted to pick for number five, so I've just gone uh, Con Air, The Rock, and Face Off. All right, those are those are like some solid mid-range of his career, awesome Nick Cage movies. Yeah, I still love seeing going back to see him on a Saturday day uh, day with my friends coming over. Just great movies for entertainment. It's funny, back then it was just like, alright, you know, Nick Cage, maybe he overacts a little bit, you know, but he's still like a regular actor, man. He, he wasn't quite a parody of himself yet. Yeah, and then come the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Compilations. And then we get, well, and then people started talking about like, hey, have you seen him playing a Mexican drug lord in this indie film that nobody has seen? And then everybody knew about it. And then you saw it, and he was like, whoa, what the hell happened? Yeah, but, but you know, unlike, unlike um, some, other, some other actors that are just like, no, man, I'm serious about this. I'm very, very serious. You know, he has shown time and time again that he is in absolute control over all of his choices. And that, like, if you, if you laughed at his overacting, it's because he probably meant you to, to laugh at it. Yeah, true. He's a smart, smart man. Let's see. What do I have in comparison to to that? Well, I, I would say um, not quite in the sequels as much, but Pirates of the Caribbean, the first movie, is definitely oh. my number five. Yeah, also a great movie. Right? I watched... This is a movie where uh, my little brother watched it. He just had it on loop. Like, he just had it in the DVD player uh, at our at our, uh, at our house. And just yeah. had it playing like the the theme song for like the DVD menu, just playing over and over again. And every once in a while, somebody would hit play, and it would just like go and go and go. And I could just pick up that movie and watch it any time because the I mean, every character in it is awesome. You know, mm -hmm. like I just love the characters, love the story, love where they went with it. You know, and, uh, and there's like a like few few CG shots. You know, but it's it's mostly just like the pirate ship. You know, and I, I feel like an excellent film and a, a great action comedy. Yeah, of course, and uh, a perfect uh, Captain Sparrow. Can't forget him. So iconic. So iconic. Will you see the uh, the fifth one? I can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm um, uh, well. It can only be better than the fourth one. Yeah. It, 
Oh, that was... It still haunts me to this day. <laughs> oh, my God. See, uh, I, wa I, I watch movies after somebody that I trust will give me, like, a favorable review. Like, if Eric tells me, like, yo, it was awesome, I will go see it. Yeah. But uh, I have... Uh, I'm, I usually wait because, you know, I, I've been burned so many times. And I, I watched so many indie films where I was just bored waiting for something good to happen. I'm just like uh, I'm a little more conservative about like what I'll go see. So well, I, I, yeah, I still do a lot of research and hear what my friends say, but um, mostly I just go, well, how bad can it be, or is it this bad <laughs> that I it goes all the way around and becomes uh, perfectly bad? Yes, um, but yeah, <laughs> sometimes I take some big chances with movies. Um, sure. Yeah. Well. Oh, yes. Well, moving on to number four. Number this, four. Uh, this is uh, some of my other childhood uh, heroes. Mm -hmm. um, one of the most uh, rented um, movies that I ever rented, well, when this still was a thing. <laughs> uh, and that is uh, going back to Transformers the movie. The animated movie? Yeah, the animated movie. Yes! Mostly I uh, borrowed uh, the series. But this was a very defining moment in my childhood, seeing most of my heroes dying. <laughs> sure. Well, when, that, wait, how, how old were you when you first saw Optimus Prime die on screen? Oh, I was like, oh, I was uh, eight or nine. I, was, I think it was uh, my ninth birthday. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, it was a very dramatic birthday. And my mom <laughs> ran to say, hey, just watch this and see with your friends. And we were like, why did he die? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, <Wow. God. laughs> oh yeah. But still a, still a great moment to look back to. <laughs> I, feel, uh, I feel like it holds, it holds up. I mean, there's a lot of nostalgia. Every time yeah. I watch that movie, I'm like, I love the soundtrack. It's perfectly 80s. You know, the animation is actually great it's better than the uh the tv show ever was and yeah, uh and and when optimus I and mean, everybody talks about when optimus prime dies but like a lot of characters die in this film you know and and for a lot of different reasons when optimus prime dies usually when characters uh get killed off in a movie it's to kind of show how how badass the the main villain of the movie is yeah you know it's like the wharf wharf syndrome where you know they uh somebody shows up on screen and takes down the mighty warrior to show how tough they are. But yeah. in this one, it was just like, no, the, the, he, the supposed hero of the film screws up, and that's how his, his mentor and everyone's father figure dies, and you're like, wow, I hate this guy. Yeah, and of course some of the early killings are just all of the blue. But totally came back to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even talk about it. All the killings. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey kids, you like this show? You like all these characters? Boom! We just shot him in the <laughs> head. This is going to ruin your childhood. Grow yeah. up, Sims. <laughs> That's right. Well, when your ninth birthday, you became a man. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> and my life is never the same again. Let's see. Well, let's see. Who do I have in my list? That, that uh, heroes dying. Oh, here we go. I know, the John Carpenter's The Thing. Ah, yeah. yeah. So I watched this recently. It holds up. It's like it's a, an amazing. It's 
it's got it's one of the best suspense movies outside of uh, Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. You know where you're you're transported to Ant- Antarctica. There's where these dudes are literally trapped inside uh, this building because the snow outside will kill them. Uh, and there's an alien that can change diff- change into shapes that might just be living among them, and you don't know who it is or who will be the next to die. And the practical effects still look awesome. And uh, there was there was a prequel done, I want to say seven years ago. Mm-hmm. It was around like 2007, 2008. They made all these practical effects for the movie. But then at the last second, I believe a producer or a director, I'm not sure who pulled the plug, but they decided to scrap it and go with all CG. And what it, a mis- Exactly. They fumbled at the goal line, and it looks it just looks terrible. And if you, there's yeah. a there's a behind the scenes look at what it was supposed to look like, and the the effects look awesome. I only watched like half of the the new movie. I couldn't mm-hmm. myself through it. I but I still love the old one. Still a classic. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it yeah. just works. Yeah, and it, and it's it's one of those movies where it's 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 not so much quotable because the actors, uh, you know, it seems like there's a lot of improvisation, like the original Alien. You know, where just, like, the stuff coming out of their mouth isn't, like, you know, like, action movie cheese. It's just, like, regular people dialogue. Yeah. And there's constantly people talking to each other, like, shouting over each other, and it makes it feel more real. Yeah. It's a more real experience. Like, it could happen in real life. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, like, when the, when the alien shows up, everybody's just, like, flabbergasted. They're just staring at it, like, uh, like, bystander effect, like, waiting for somebody else to do something. Mm. So it's so, uh, it's such a, a real thing. Yes, yeah, just perfect. And there's a giant alien killing people. Of course, Ta-da. it's almost the uh, uh, alien, the first one bystanding experience. But oh, yes. Have you uh, have you brought back out your drum set? Is that what I'm hearing? I have. It's uh, bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fingers, why? <laughs> You betrayed me. This is my moment, fingers. We're on top four. I give ghost syndrome. Uh, ghost hand syndrome. Ghost. <laughs> Do you have a parasite in your hand? It must be it. I can't, it's my only explanation. <laughs> well, moving from the first to the third spot. And that's going to show Shank Redemption. Uh, many, yes. The many people's best movie. Of the all time. Really? A lot, a lot of people love that movie. I still think it's great altogether. Perfect yeah. per- uh, presentation and still one of my uh, favorite movies. That's great. Still- great. A, 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 lot of, a lot of great characters. It's, you know, it's like an everyman story of like somebody who, who wins against an oppressive system. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah, the only the only thing I don't like about it is like, is that we we have family who work in uh, in uh, in prisons over here, and oh. it's and it's just the stereotypical like, oh well, correction officers and wardens and stuff they're just power tripping jerks just like in the Shawshank Redemption they're all the same. Wait, are you saying Hollywood is making stereotypes in movies? <laughs> 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 Oh yeah, well stereotypes are a big part of 
um, easy um, uh, easy movie going uh, to build up characters. So yeah, that's of course some drawback of the movie. But yeah, no, but not, you, no, you're 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 absolutely right. And even even the characters are more representational as um, as like uh, what's what's the word for it? Like like they're iconic of like a certain type of character. Mm. Just there to be the villains that they need to escape from are the presses. The presses. Not uh, there to be the real um, heroes of the story. There's still there's more focus on the hero. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. And men. So that, there's no need to flesh out the villains that much. True. Alright, let's let's see. I, 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 got, I got a movie that's about... Uh, stereotypical characters <laughs> and that that is the movie frozen frozen dun, 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 dun. let it go let it go yeah i love this movie i saw it and i was like this is the greatest movie disney's done in the last 30 years yeah uh, it is still a really really great movie it's just that song oh my god some some so- the the song is bigger than the movie itself but it's like Whose fault is that, really? Yeah, what can you say? It's it's still it's still a great song, of course, but it's just too much, too much of a good thing. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's brilliant, uh, perfect uh, pe- people representing uh, good twists. Uh, I read um, uh, originally she was supposed to be the the main kid, uh, evil person, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the evil, but they made some. Uh, thing for the best, some uh, last-minute uh, alterations to the story, and it just works. Yeah, you never see it the first time you see it. No, when 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 you see who the real villain of the story is, I'm like, oh, this is it's just an amazing twist, and it really focuses upon on like family and you know sisterhood and you know what is true love, you know subverting tropes. And stuff like that, and all that was just genius in a movie designed for little girls. Yeah, and a, of course, a snowman dreaming about summer. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that he's singing the song about like what he's gonna do in summer, and the other characters are like, "Should we tell him?" And she's like, "No, no, don't tell him." No, no, let him. No. <laughs> let him melt. Let him melt. I know, I know. I, I really had such low expectations for the movie, but like, I felt like all the songs were great, and yeah. uh, and all the I loved all the characters, and because of the I mean because of the really strong characters, I could really watch that movie anytime. Yeah, especially Disney going back to uh, songs, the uh, big representation in movies again. That's just perfect. It gives a lot of memories of the old times too, of course. Sure. Well, what's what's funny is you know they they kind of did that in the uh, I I think I dubbed it the adjective trilogy, which was uh, brave, frozen, and tangled. Uh, they they'd done that. They had done um, singing in tangled, a few songs, and then brave. There was songs throughout, just not sung by the main character. But this one, they brought in a new uh, a new uh, songwriting team, uh, who have two little girls. They're like a married couple who have two little girls, and they basically just like. Uh, used them as inspiration for all these uh, songs, and they're mm. just amazingly talented. So I think that was that was really the big difference. So I'm 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 really I mean fingers crossed. I really hope that the sequel lives up to uh, to the original. Oh, me too. And I still see Tangle is still a good movie, but Brave. I, 
I don't know what I can't. Um, I can't put my finger on it. I can. <laughs> Brave. It was awesome up until she gets to the witch's hut, and then uh, I see where the the original director's vision uh, branched away because there were two directors. Ah, now I see. Yeah, and the first director who developed everything from the beginning was canned uh, years into development, and then a new director came in, and that's why there's two directing credits. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, so instead of where I thought the story was naturally going, uh, which which I think is true, which was, you know, like... Uh, you know, ghost bears and everybody going to war and bows and arrows flying and stuff like that. Instead, the mother turn, gets turned into a bear and it's all about the mother-daughter relationship. Mm. Which is fine, but it, I, w I was just really expecting something different. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And do you hear a little baby crying? I do. Yeah, that's my little son. He's about one month old. I know, baby. Me too. Me too, baby. Yeah. I took another part of uh, taking care of my brothers, so and I know about babies. Babies, babies can be tricky. Sometimes they just have gas pain, and uh, there's nothing you can do. You're like, I tried burping you for 20 minutes, and you didn't, so now you have pain. Yeah. <laughs> what it is, what it is. Let's see. Well, I see three movies left, or is it two movies left on the list? I have uh, two left. Okay, let's go with two. <laughs> well, number two. And this is going to go to my favorite director of all time. And his movies from the early uh, of his uh, career. And that is Kevin Smith's movies. Oh, uh, okay. So it's uh, Clerks, Dan Silent Bob, Mallrat, Dogma, Casing Amy. Mm -hmm. All great movies. Big uh, part of uh, me getting to love uh, movies and movie making and indies. So he had a big impact, and I still listen to many of his podcasts this day to day. Cool. But doesn't make movies like he used to. Did you? Um, I, I haven't listened to his podcast in a while, but I love his episode where he just talks for a long, long, long time about his love of Degrassi High. Mm hmm. And and he's saying he he basically admits that like the like all the money that he made on on Clerks initially went to him tracking down uh, like VHS copies of Degrassi High, yeah. like this this uh, semi obscure Canadian TV show. <laughs> and yeah. oh, did you see Clerks animated by the way? Yeah, I did. I thought I thought that some of those episodes are just genius. Yeah, the TV series just brilliant, uh, of course. It, uh, like, it was only six episodes. Yeah, but it's 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 sad that it wasn't longer, but for what it's worth, it worked. Yeah, there's just but before mashing up two ideas, to two plots to to form like a coherent episode became normal. Like there's a lot of. Um, uh, animated shows like My Little Pony does it all the time where they have two opposing plots that come together. They yes. did that, and I thought it was just uh, legendary. Like, they had this whole last Starfighter send-up where uh, where one of the characters becomes uh, gets the high score on this town, this pyramid-building video game, and mm -hmm. he's, and he's uh, kidnapped and sent overseas to build pyramids in real life. And then, <laughs> and he, and at the same time, 
and and he and he's and he frees he winds up like destroying the establishment and setting free all these little child slaves like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. But at the same time, there's this other plot that's happening where Jay and uh, or was it Dante? I forget. Uh, where they have a little league team and they're going to the the finals. Like they're so good that they're going to the finals. You're like, all right, where is this going? And so finally, in the end, uh, they're there to play. They're there to play the uh, the finals of Little League, and there's no other team. And so all the uh, all the little uh, slave children who've just been uh, t- like taken out of the mines are set up as the opposing team. And of course, because they've been in like the salt mines for years and years, they can't barely like walk or move, and it's just hilarious. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> and then of course, who is driving? Bear is driving. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, okay, I was, I'll say for my number two, well, I, I have like three, so I have to pick I have to pick two out of these. Um, I'll say the Lord of the Rings trilogy for my number two. Uh, is that counting the Hobbit or just the trilogy? No, the the trilogy. The ah. Hobbit the Hobbit is dead to me. Uh, like. <laughs> the Hobbit is like it's like saying like Star Wars. Like if I want to talk to somebody about like Star Wars movies, the prequels. Aren't Star Wars movies? They never happened. What prequels? I've never heard of a prequel. Exactly. That's just some fan fiction that somebody horribly yeah. put together. That's yeah, true. True. Although honestly, I've seen better fan films. <laughs> I could see um, say that um, cut um, version of the fan version of the prequels is still okay, mm-hmm. but yeah. But the originals, no, no, no go. Yeah. yeah. But Lord of Rings, yeah, brilliant movies. I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say Lord of the Rings slash Star Wars. I'll just throw those in there, too. I hope that's not yeah. your number one. <laughs> Be- because they're, bo- they're both important, awesome trilogies. And the Lord of the Rings kind of like, you know, they used not-so-great-looking-by-today's-standards CG uh, every once in a while a lot in the last movie. But the, the first movie, The Fellowship, absolutely stands up. Yeah, it does. Okay. Now it's time for number one. Yeah, the, the surprise number one mm. that all makes me feel good when I'm down. Oh. And the movie is... <gasps> dude, where's your car? What's... Dude, where's my car? Uh, yeah. Really? Really. Awesome. Yeah, just I just love that movie. It has so many plot points and so much silliness and... Yeah, just just uh, connects with me it's been uh, uh, every time I feel down or I have a bad day I just put do where's my car on and uh, <laughs> my dad's it. so that is my number one movie that's awesome yeah. that's great no I I, uh, I haven't seen all of it but I've seen parts and each uh, every time I, I saw part of it I was like that was way funnier than I thought it would be yeah and it's just a lot of parts you can see it in parts in exactly because well, it's a plot point, but still, it's just a lot of uh, uh, plot points of comedy put together, mm-hmm. and it just works. <laughs> awesome. So, but wait, wait, have you also seen um, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle? Yeah, it's still a good movie. It's not uh, the worst my car, but it's still some some of the same. Take some inspiration from it too, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. But yeah, it's, that's an okay movie too. Okay, but dude, where's my car? Really holds a special place in your in your uh, person. Yeah, cool. it does. 
Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just going to end this with, uh, with the movie that I think that everybody likes. But uh, when I was coming through these, like my top ten, I was like, what are the movies that, I, that I've seen in the last ten years, five years even, that I still really like? Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. so uh, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. I could watch. I I think I've oh, seen yeah, them. Was... I've seen it three times, uh, and I could watch it again in a heartbeat. I love the characters. I love all the all the plot points. It's just like a, just a fun movie that makes you feel good. Well, I've watched that like five or six times already, and I have the soundtrack. <laughs> and, yeah, just a great. As a, I was really expecting something great from that movie, but still, I was so happily surprised that it was even better than I could imagine. Yeah. So yeah, super great movie, and uh, just showing that Marvel can do anything. Uh, yes. <laughs> even with a talking tree and a raccoon. <laughs> yeah, and who and they were the standout characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whew. Oh man. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Casper, for sharing your your top ten of all time. Yeah. But I could. Chat with a fellow movie fan and also a, a projectionist. That's great. Well, I, um, unless you had any anything else, I think we're gonna wrap this up. Well, I'm just going to send a message to my family on uh, Bonhomme and say uh, when you hear this, um, great to be home for the weekend. So looking forward to seeing you. And thank you for letting me be on the podcast. Also, of course. Great- no, thank thank you for for actually for contributing to to the podcast uh, in so many different ways all over the years. You know, whether it be on Facebook or you know helping us refine the uh, the the top our our top moments in those fifty episodes. No, yeah, thank been, thank you very much for being a fan. I've been listening since episode twenty, and will be keep listening for in the future. Yay. Well, all right. Well, thanks, and thank you, dear listeners. If you made it this far, thank you very much. I wonder where your top ten list is, uh, dear listener. Uh, who knows? You could post it. You could post your top ten. I'm sure everybody's got one on our Facebook page over at. If you just search Facebook uh, for Jumpman Podcast, or uh, we'll also have this over at our headquarters at JumpmanPodcast.com, uh, or you could subscribe to us on iTunes. I'm not exactly sure, Gasper, what I'm going to label these. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking maybe B-sides. Maybe I can, like, uh, get the uh, the maniacs to find, like, a decent name for all these interviews. But um, I want to say thanks so much again for, for being a part and, and guest super guest starring on this episode. Great to be on. All right. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye.